0: Yes. Welcome one, welcome all, to the M60 Podcast. This is episode two, and I am your host, John Waltz. Now, I want to touch on something a little sobering that has happened here in uh, the town that I'm living in over the last few days. I, I live and record this show in the Nashville area, and recently the city has suffered some tragedy and some surrounding areas have also suffered some tragedy in the overnight hours between march 2nd and 3rd an ef3 tornado touched down in the northeast part of nashville according to many news reports the tornado was on the ground for approximately 50 miles and devastated areas of surrounding cities of Mount Juliet, Lebanon, and Cookville. Many homes and businesses were destroyed. And there are many millions of dollars in property damage. Most tragically, 24 people have lost their lives. Several of them in the Cookville area were children. Middle Tennessee has had a special place in my heart for many, many years. I moved down to the area in 2004 after I graduated from college and I've made many friends, experienced many things, and lived a lot of life down here. There's a certain spirit about the people around here. There is a welcoming presence. There's a resiliency in the community. Tennesseans love each other we help each other we pray for each other and lift one another up and and it's more than just southern hospitality nashville has seen its share of natural disasters in the form of uh, tornadoes and adverse weather this may in fact marks the 10-year anniversary of the nashville May Day flood And just like then, the community is already rallying around one another. Many, many relief and cleanup and rescue efforts are already underway in parts of Nashville and in the surrounding communities. The theme of this episode is actually going to touch on community and, and how much men need to be in a community to initiate, sharpen, and uplift one another. And there's no better way to bring people together especially men together than rallying around hurting people if you're looking for ways to help go to hands on Nashville at HON.org go to redcross.org or check any local media source in Tennessee Uh, WSMV Channel 4 uh, the NBC affiliate has always been a reliable source of local news for me Channel 5, the CBS affiliate, has always been a strong source of information here in the area, a very trusted source. You can go to the Tennessean newspaper website and look for ways to help. Uh, Normally, podcasters and creators like myself normally post a spot on their episodes asking for some type of monetary help some type of support in creating the content and I would just ask you that you would uh, if you're considering doing that to wait 30 to 45 days and instead if you were planning on giving any funds to help the creation of this show I would ask that you would instead donate to an organization like the Red Cross or hands-on Nashville or uh, some organization in middle tennessee that can help in the relief efforts if you're not in the nashville area but this has moved you to help and to volunteer i would encourage you to do so there's no better place to go than your local church because they know who is hurting in your community volunteer at the local homeless shelter the local soup kitchen There are many, many ways that you can give time and effort into helping those who are hurting and being an active member of your community. Gather a few men together and help clean up a single mom's yard, help with trash pickup at the park, do something together that helps you and helps your community and helps you bond together. But once again, if you are considering donating to uh, help with the creation of this show, I would just ask that instead of donating to me, donate to any of the relief efforts that are going on here in Middle Tennessee. And don't forget about the surrounding communities of Mount Juliet, Lebanon, and Cookville, and other areas. A lot of the focus has been placed on nashville and a lot of people in nashville are hurting however i would just ask that you would also think of those communities and pray for those in in those communities especially cookville i i can't imagine that many children losing their lives in such a a random act uh, that there wasn't any prediction of tornadoes that night the the weather was relatively normal for this time of year I remember when I went to bed I heard some thunder and saw a little bit of lightning but didn't think anything of it and then the next morning finding out what had happened over Facebook but here in Nashville we will rebuild we will rise we are Nashville strong Hey folks, just wanted to let you know that all books and materials that are referenced during each episode of the M60 podcast will be available via links in the show notes and show descriptions. Also, if you visit my Amazon page, you will see a recommended reading list to help you grow in your own masculine journey. Welcome back to the M60 Podcast. The thing I want to touch on this week is about community and how the masculine journey is not meant to be taken alone. It's impossible for it to be taken alone. We as men need strong male relationships in our lives, male friendships, and sometimes we don't always get that. But I want to touch on something that actually happened to me last Friday. It it had been a long week at work. I work a type of job where I'm under quota requirements and I had been through a lot of training that week from a, an outside source that it was kind of thrown in everyone's lap on my team at work and Friday I came home the last thing I wanted to do was anything particularly taxing on my mind so I just decided to unwind and the great thing about living in the 21st century is that if you want to rent a movie or watch a movie on your own you can just go to an app on your smart TV or if you have a gaming console or if you're connected to the internet all you need to do is go to a movie app and just pick a movie that you want to watch and rent it and you've got it right there you don't have to go back out and put up with any type of traffic or any other thing like that and worry about rewinding things and it's just one of the convenience things that we have here in the 21st century that that i really enjoy uh, so one of the things that uh, it's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine is that i like to look up independent uh, horror movies on amazon prime well some of that can put some bad things into your mind and it's you don't want to I didn't want to participate in anything too particularly heavy uh, on a Friday night where I was just trying to relax so I thought well maybe I could watch an action movie and those don't always have happy endings either so I was on Google Play scrolling around looking at some recommended movies and I came across the Lego Batman movie, and I had not seen it. I have wanted to see it, and I enjoyed the first Lego movie. I thought it was humorous. I thought it was clever, and I thought it had a pretty good message to it, and I thought, well, this is probably going to to be humorous and entertaining, and I'm am a I'm a fan of Batman, so I thought, well, I will watch this movie, I'll be entertained, I'll have a few things to, to laugh at, and maybe a few one-liners to use around my friends, I, I don't know. And one of the, the things that, uh, one of Batman's famous lines or famous mentalities is that he works alone. And in that movie, that's kind of one of the overarching themes. That's one of the things that, that Batman always says is, that, I I work alone will Arnett does the uh, the voice of Batman in this movie and does a, does a really great job delivers a really great performance but throughout the movie and I had planned on doing community and and having a, a family and a, a group of, of friends and just being more more connected. I had that as the theme for this episode and I didn't really realize that I would get that, that I would see an example of this, a great example of this for me to lead off with watching a, a kid's movie. But here I am. So throughout the movie, basically every character that you see Batman run into or Batman have any kind of interaction with, they want some type of relationship they want some type of friendship with batman the joker wants to wants batman to acknowledge that that he is his greatest enemy it's actually kind of a it's kind of a a funny instance in the movie where and where you get to that point in a in a relationship where it's kind of like they they mock the point in a relationship at one point in the movie where two people would say that they love each other, whereas in this point in the movie they would just say, "Well, I I you know I hate you and I hate you too, and you're my you're my greatest enemy." Um, Barbara Gordon in this, the character of Barbara Gordon in this story, she actually becomes the police commissioner of Gotham City when her father retires and. She wants the Gotham City Police Department to team up with Batman so they can finally get rid of all crime in the city. And you meet Dick Grayson in the movie, the character of Dick Grayson. He's a, uh, an orphan young man and he wants Bruce Wayne to adopt him. And Alfred Pennyworth, the butler in the movie, wants Batman to reach out to people and stop isolating himself. and even all of the other rogues, ga- Batman's rogues galleries in the movie. Um, there's one point in the movie where they all turn themselves in, and then Batman is left empty and alone, and he's not really sure what to, to do with himself. He's, since there's not any crime left in Gotham City, it's actually kind of a, a funny point in the movie. But as the movie goes on, Batman faces bigger and bigger challenges. And one of the things that he's trying to do is get rid of the Joker and in, in the sense that he wants to send him uh, away and out of Gotham City and out of Arkham Asylum. And so he actually uses Robin to sneak into Superman's Fortress of Solitude. And that's actually a pretty funny scene in the movie where he Directs Robin what to do as he's going through the uh, the Fortress of Solitude to get to to this device that Superman uses to send his enemies into the Phantom Zone. And the Phantom Zone in in the Superman universe, I'm, I'm showing a little bit of my nerddom here, but the Phantom Zone in the Superman universe is where super is a is another dimension where uh, Superman sends all of his uh, his toughest villains that he's faced that normal prisons on earth wouldn't hold so batman begins to face bigger and bigger challenges in the movie and joker actually weasels his way out of the phantom zone and he brings in it's actually kind of humorous he brings in villains from other stories and other other franchises into, into Gotham city into this, this silly Lego universe, you know, Voldemort's there, uh, Sauron from Lord of the Rings. He, he comes out of the phantom zone. There's Godzilla and, and the gremlins and just, you know, obviously all Warner brothers properties because of rights and everything. But it, it, it's, uh, at that point in the movie, Batman needs to finally realize that, uh, having a, a community and a rela- relationships with people who are trying to help him is the only way that he's going to save the city and actually there is a scene at the end of the movie where since they're all lego characters they manage to connect themselves all together and they have to come together and bond together to bring the city back together quite literally since it's set in a A Lego universe and um, it it's it's entertaining but it also shows the importance of of family and the poor importance of strong relationships and the importance of community and men seem to have trouble with this and I'm just as guilty of this as anyone we we want to go it alone the The reason I think for this is an odd combination of not wanting to be hurt and, and wanting to control humans especially we we want to control every aspect of our lives we, we one of the main complaints or, or main feelings of someone who's who's having a tough time in life is that they just they feel out of control they they don't know what's what's going to happen next we try and save up money for emergencies to you know to have some sort of control we try to control what we eat we try to control every aspect of our lives and sometimes we're gun-shy when it comes to to opening up to people because we don't want to get hurt some of the main figures and of masculinity some of the the main People that are looked up to in the in the masculine world are, are figures like like John John Wayne uh, out on the prairie by himself, the the modern American cowboy who's out there on his own doing a doing a cattle drive for thousands of miles, trying to do it all on his own. Uh, figures in in fiction like like Rambo, you know Ram we. When I was a kid, you know, Sylvester Stallone and Rambo—that was, you know, that that was couldn't get much more manly than that. And here, here he is going into the, into the jungles, trying to combat evil on his own. We we think of Indiana Jones taking on the Nazis by himself and and trying to, you know, win win the woman, or James Bond, we. We see him kind of on his own, taking down, you know, ta- taking down Blofeld, taking down the the evil organization that he was a part of. I'm drawing a blank on on that one at the moment, but uh, Spectre trying to take down Spectre, um, and even going back to the first example, Batman. Some of the most iconic drawings. Of, of Batman or him in the skyline of Gotham City on on his own There is a great shot in the In the, the Dark Knight trilogies. There's just about One in every movie. I think where Batman's on the top of a building or he's somewhere in the skyline By himself ready to to swoop in and and take on evil but even those figures had people around them to to help them and, and people that that they could bond with Indiana Jones he had short round and in, in the third movie we meet Sean Connery we meet his his father uh, Batman has what we call in uh, comic book nerddom what we call the bat family he, he has Nightwing, Robin, Batgirl, Alfred, Jim Gordon, many many strong figures in his life to support him and to help him grow and then there's others in um, in fiction and even in real life Uh, king arthur some of that legend i have learned is based in some kind of fact but in a lot of fiction king arthur has his knights of the round table Uh, if you look at robin hood in most fiction he has figures in his life to to help him he's not completely going at it alone Uh, Captain Kirk in the original Star Trek has has Spock and Dr. McCoy Uh, Elliot Ness was part of the untouchables and probably the the most shining example of masculinity that we've ever seen walk the earth in Jesus Christ he has his 12 disciples he also had his earthly father and he had his heavenly father, and even at the beginning of his ministry, had John the Baptist as someone to support him. Proverbs 21 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. One thing we need to do as men to help us on our masculine journey is that we need to find figures, male figures in our lives to mentor us. We need male figures in our lives to initiate us and to help us grow we need men to laugh with we need other men to to grow with we need to be there for other men to help them grow to help them become become better examples of masculinity in the world part of that is also holding each other accountable but it has to be a lot more than just just an accountability group it has to be a group where you do things together you face adversity together you know one of the the things that phenomenon that I've observed over the course of my life is that men who face adversity together grow, grow close with each other uh, I some of you listening know my story uh, I played football in high school and I had the privilege uh, to play high to play uh, football in college I was I didn't play much I was I was on the team but I you know I went to just about every made it to just about every practice there were some days I couldn't practice because I was sick or there was one practice I had to to help my dad with something and take him to a, a doctor's appointment that my mom couldn't take him to and so I got excused for that but most of the time I was there for every practice I was there for every off-season conditioning that we had to go to and be there at 6 a.m. in the morning spring practice had to be a part of was there and was a part of that and did my best to to fill my role and help the guys around me become better and as a team we faced adversity Uh, all football teams face adversity even if they go undefeated they there's adversity from within there's adversity from without one of the things that that we faced when I was in college was our program was still a relatively new uh, sport at the college that I went to. It was a very small university, and we were the biggest group organized group on campus. And so there was some animosity from other groups and and even some of the faculty towards us because they felt that the university had functioned for a long time without a football program and didn't saw it somewhat as a threat. There were other sports teams that kind of felt like we were taking all of their glory from, from them because they had been a part of the university for a while, and then in comes the great American pastime of, uh, of American football that was some adversity that we faced we had ambitions of uh, competing for a national title for a few years while i was there and one of the big challenges that we faced was some of our non-conference opponents were were very difficult teams and we had to prepare prepare very diligently to to play them sometimes we would beat them sometimes we wouldn't we changed conferences we changed alignments we went from naia to ncaa division three my senior year and that brought in an entirely new set of schools and football programs that we weren't familiar with and we my final season unfortunately we we had a winless season so there was a lot of adversity that we had to face in that but through all of that the times that we overcame that adversity and the times that we didn't, we all grew and got really, really close. And I made some lifelong friends through, through that experience. I personally have not served in the military, but I know that a lot of soldiers go through something similar because what, what greater adversity or trial can you face in this world as a man than going to war leave the politics out of it but you are in a fight for your life on a daily basis especially if you're in special forces a lot of special forces guys become very very close friends for for life and there's something to that i would say that we need to be in groups John Eldridge again one of the inspirations for this podcast was was his work at with Wild at Heart and his his work at Ransomed Heart Ministries is is that one of the things that he encourages is for us to find a a band of brothers a a small group of people to live and experience life with and grow with and we need to stop isolating ourselves as men and start seeking out true masculine friendships and relationships so we can grow and so we can be initiated and so we can learn what true masculine strength looks like and we can learn from others who are in different aspects of life about what it truly means to to love your wife in a in a godly way what it means to be a A good friend what it means to be what it means to be a true man it's easier to stay in and try not to forge those relationships with other men but we we need to do this we need to find these bands of brothers we need to find these these groups of men who will who we can face adversity with and who we can we can truly grow and be there for each other with because if you look for that type of relationship if you look for the world to initiate you if you look for the world to try and show you what true masculinity looks like you're not going to find it you're not going to find it through through the world you're not going to find it through traditional media i'm Try not to be an, an angry white guy that yells into the microphone or, or yells into the camera about the dangers of third wave feminism, but so much of what we hear in this world is a when it comes to masculinity is that there's there's toxic masculinity out there. No, there's a lack of true masculinity out there. We need more true men out there, and one of the ways that you truly become a man is to learn and grow from others who are either in your phase of life or have gone through your phase of life and are older and wiser for it. So that's one of the things that I want to encourage you to do this week and as you keep listening to this podcast and as you keep going through the masculine journey is to, to find small groups of men or become part of a small group of men to, to face, face life with, to live life with, and to, to truly learn from and and be an example to and if you are in in a later phase of life being a mentor to someone who is in their mid-twenties that's trying to figure out what it means to be a man in in the 21st century that's one of the things I'm going to talk with our next guest, Uh, my next guest coming up after the break is Mr. Stephen Headley he is the lead pastor at Music City Church here in Nashville uh, he's a man that I've come to know over the last few months that uh, I really look up to and really enjoy talking to and this is one of the things that we're, we're going to talk about uh, along, with, uh, along with many other things but stay tuned and we'll be right back Hey, this is the spot that every podcaster goes through when they put together some content where I tell you to like, share, and subscribe the podcast, leave a review, tell me how much you like me, tell me how much I suck, because I could probably use the criticism here in the early going. Welcome back to the M60 podcast. My guest joining me at this time is Mr. Stephen Headley. He is the lead pastor at Music City Church here in the Nashville area. Stephen, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks, John. Glad to be joining you.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks a lot for doing this. I I really do appreciate all your all your help. Not just uh, not just all the help that you've given me from the uh, the pulpit in the in the short time that I've been going to the church, but but, you know, uh, meeting with me here tonight and uh, just talking about uh, some men's issues here and, and how we can make our own little impact here on masculinity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's a, a privilege to have this opportunity to join you on your podcast, and uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation.
0: Yeah. Well, um, first topic right out of the gate. The, uh, the overarching theme and topic that uh, I'm trying to explore with, with the podcast is what does it mean to be a man in the 21st century in the Western world? So given the state of affairs of masculinity, uh, what, what, how would you answer that question? What, what does it mean for, uh, to, to be a man in the Western world here in the 21st century?
1: Yeah, uh, as culture changed, I think in a lot of ways the definition and really the expectations of masculinity have changed as well. Um, it may not be really what everyone thinks of, but when I started thinking of that particular phrase of what it means to quote, be a man, um, that phrase, be a man instantly got me thinking of just kind of some of the stereotypical things that I would think of, um, in terms of my perspective of masculinity growing up, um, some of those ideas of, of being a man means taking charge someone who brings home the bacon and kind of the brute force iron will, this kind of stoic rock stone image of someone whose emotional expression is maybe limited to just a battle cry. Um, and so this very like real men don't cry type persona, I think tends to become the standard that, that a lot of people have viewed masculinity from, uh, for a long time. And so, um, While I think that strength and steadiness, definitely those elements definitely have their place in masculinity. Um, If those characters are the only things that are focused on, I think it can really create a a one dimension characterization of what it means to be a man. Um, Where things like emotions or struggles become things that are part of us tend to be things that get hidden versus dealt with and understood and really utilized um, in the formation of who we're supposed to be. Um, And so what it means to be a man, um, really, it's a simple question, but it's, in my mind, it has a pretty complex answer. Um, So in my mind, I kind of condense it to two crucial things that I think, especially in this day and age, are really crucial in terms of defining manhood. Um, and so I think one of the first things that comes to mind is that being a man today, um, in a lot of ways, uh, kind of a, a foundational element of it is being someone with respect. Um, and by that, that's more than just being kind or courteous. It's, it's truly seeing the value in people. Um, no one is an island and no single person is has the strengths and abilities on their own to be completely adequate and um, 100% all you need. And so I think part of respecting the value of people is recognizing what everyone else brings to the table. Um, and so I think it's it's more than just the respect for human life, but it's also respecting that that God created each of us unique. And so when I am around people, they are Are able to contribute things to my life and are able to affect my perspective in ways that I might not have ever imagined. Um, And really I think that that idea of respect goes beyond even seeing what they contribute to the world or contribute to my life. But it's also recognizing that that who they are has just as value just as much value as who I am. Um, It's seeing that if we were all truly made in the image of God, as the Bible talks about, if we're a reflection of his handiwork, then that means that the way I view other men or the way I view women, the way I view people from backgrounds and races that are far different than mine, um, that has to be viewed through the lens that they have inherent value, and their contribution to life and society uh, is equally as valuable as what I can bring to the table. Um so I would say respect is, is a huge part of it and then the second thing that really I would say is a cornerstone of masculinity today is transparency. Um, there's an expectation today that there's going to be extreme accessibility and authenticity in people who are in leadership and uh, people who are really I mean you just look at uh, <laughs> the influence that social media has had on the construct of Just kind of our, our normal social interaction we're used to you had um, Presidents world leaders even Hollywood stars who are kind of in this other world, but then now today the the trend is that those same people can be interacted with in real time on things like Twitter or different messaging systems and so Um, I think that that not only affects the way that we view leadership, but it affects the way that we see masculinity as a whole, where as men, there's this value in not being this Photoshop persona that's this facade of perfection, but instead is open to admitting flaws, is open to addressing struggles and pain, and um, is able to take on Honest conversations and recognize both the positive and negative um, elements that come with living through life and um, being a part of a family, being a part of a, a society as well. Um, so, <laughs> uh, it's kind of a, a very long question to a short answer, but those are kind of the thoughts that come to mind.
0: Yeah, oh, no, definitely. That uh, that was uh, some great stuff in there. I I had a, had a thought as you were going through there. I just can't imagine um, John Wayne living in a day, living in the age of uh, Twitter and Instagram. I, I'm kind of wondering, <laughs> kind of what that would would look like. Um, yeah, yeah, we we look at a lot of people, you know, my my age and up. They look at uh, look at figures like like John Wayne. They they look at uh, figures like that, the the Marlborough Man, and they see you know guys that are rough and tumble out there. And, and, and as you said earlier, their, their only expression would, would be a battle cry or their only facial expression you would, you would see on them as a, a, scowl. So I, I think mm-hmm. the, those two uh, aspects of, of what it means to be a man today are, are definitely, uh, are, are definitely valid. And I, the one thing that came to mind too, is, as you were talking was that, uh, um, the ultimate model of masculinity uh, jesus displayed a lot of those things he displayed a lot of uh empathy and and transparency and and respect of others and he went to uh the the uh, garden in gethsemane that uh when he was experiences experiences his own trials he went to uh went to the father and he was very uh very authentic and transparent with him with um with his own suffering so i Uh, Those are just a few things that came to mind as you were answering that question. Um, Yeah. But uh, the the topic of this episode revolves around uh, community and how men need other men and friends to mentor them and initiate them and and encourage uh, each other. And and it also touches on the the dangers of being isolated. Uh, If you could talk about both aspects of that, in your mind, what are the dangers of isolation and what are the benefits of being in a community of men?
1: Well, really, I don't know if there's a more overwhelming feeling in the world than thinking that you're alone in whatever struggle you're going through. Um, This idea that no one else understands what I'm going through, no one's ever been here. Um, it's, It's crushing to think that that no one else can identify or advise you in how to work through this. And unfortunately, that's really one of the most prevalent thoughts that exists because even though we've become more and more connected socially, unfortunately, that's allowed us to retreat and to really edit the final image that people see of us. And so, you know, a, a big reason why people shy away from being vulnerable is they don't want to appear as weak. Um, they don't want anyone to to see their flaws and to think worse of them for that. And so um, the ironic aspect of that is that while we're trying to avoid being weak, um, we actually missed out on someone being able to help us turn our struggle into strength um, when we refuse to acknowledge what we're going through. And so um, I, I think it's a natural characteristic, it feels really um vulnerable in a negative way to admit what you're going through and um and so i think you know because of that that isolation can lead to depression can lead to self-loathing um can lead to a whole host of things where really once you're out of it you can look back and say how in the world did i ever get there and part of it is you know when you create this bubble of thought that in some ways, you feel like you'll never escape. Um, really, a lot of a lot of crazy things can happen, and so when you finally break out of that, though, and you find someone who's trustworthy, who can guide you, who can be a mentor throughout that process of helping you to discover another way, um, one, it lets you not know that you're not alone, which that alone is a huge weight off of your shoulders to be- begin with. But on top of that, it allows someone who has a different perspective to be able to elevate your viewpoint as well. Um, really, I think of it as, as the beauty of what happens every time you get into an airplane where looking out the window before takeoff, um, really all you see is a tiny sliver of what's there. Uh, you just have your tiny little porthole into existence mm-hmm. as you ascend, your perspective starts to widen. And really... I, Honestly, every time I fly, I'm surprised that um, how this happens, that not only does my perspective of Earth itself become adjusted as I fly, but oftentimes um, something about leaving the Earth, (laughs) leaving the ground, helps me to elevate my perspective as well. And, And really, I think that arguably the ultimate guidebook, the ultimate elevation of perspective is the bible and and really i think that the reason why it's such a transformative book even beyond the life-changing message of what god has done and what he's made available to us so even beyond the hope of forgiveness and salvation part of what makes it such a an incredible book is that it gives us a window into the human experience and lets us know that someone else has been there too um that we're not the only ones to face uncertainty but you can look at abraham And see how even a pillar of faith, someone that Hebrews 11 would list in the Hall of Heroes, even this guy, you know, dealt with doubts. You see the failures of David. You really, you can pick just about any character in Scripture, and you can see not only their victories, but you can see major defeats as well. And so there's something powerful about having someone who can speak into your life, who's been there too, um, who can say that, that your failure doesn't have to be final um, and who can guide you in showing you kind of the steps that they took to get out of it. Or um, even just to, even if they've never been in your particular situation, they can still elevate your attention and your perspective to see some alternative solutions that you might not have seen otherwise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh, some really great stuff there. Um, so, and the, the, Thing that I was thinking about too, and you had mentioned it was just the the failures of uh, of David. I mean, one of the most masculine guys, one of the one of the most uh, you know highly uh, mentioned and, and uh, touted descendant her um, men in the family line of of Jesus. That that he he had his own failures too. I mean, he uh, um, sometimes when I do fall, I I th- I think well, you know I that's not that's not conducive just to me that even even this man who was the uh, the warrior king of, of Israel even stumbled in that area so that uh, that's and and it was when he had isolated himself from the army that that he had uh, um, his failures with Bathsheba when he had isolated himself that's when he became really prone to to falling and stumbling yeah. Um, so, uh, Stephen Headley, lead pastor of Music City Church here in Nashville, is joining us on the M60 podcast today. Uh, next question for you, Stephen. The uh, you, you have uh, just very recently become a father. Uh, congratulations to that. I, I know that. Uh, I, I know you. You're just every time you mention it from the, from the stage, I can just tell how how beaming you are about it and how excited you are about mm-hmm. it. Um, what? What's that whole process been like, um, as, as you and your wife were expecting and, and what are you looking forward to the most about fatherhood?
1: (laughs) Uh, I would, if I could describe it, I would definitely say it's both overwhelming and inspiring. Um, you know, it, it really doesn't matter how many people you talk to. I'm, I'm kind of a big, uh, researcher. That's something I naturally enjoy. And so i try to accumulate as much knowledge as I can to prepare in advance for whatever I'm about to face. And, uh, and frankly, no matter how much of that you do, there will always be surprises along the way. Um, even if you know that you're not going to get a lot of sleep, there's, there's something about having night after night of only a few hours here and there broken up by screaming, crying and feeding that, um, really helps you to know that you had no idea. <laughs> so, uh, but at the same time, in spite of some of those struggles, it's also inspiring um, just even seeing the, the small expressions that we're starting to uh, to take note of on his face. The little uh, side of the mouth as it starts to curl into a smile. Um, it's exciting. I, I think really it's um, it's it's intense knowing that this tiny human who knows nothing other than you and the world you present to them it's it's kind of crazy to think that they are now looking to you to keep them alive um and really more than keep them alive to help them establish the building blocks of really what their life will be for for the next many many years to come and so uh it's exciting i look forward to the joy of discovery and growth of Seeing the world through fresh eyes and getting to share in the victories and even the struggles um, that are just a natural part of growing up. And so um, I think, you know, all of those things, as well as, you know, I look forward to, to first, um, you know, learning to ride a bike, uh, even before that, learning to crawl, learning to walk. It's, it's all new territory for our little guy. And so um, I'm just excited to be a part of that process. Great, great. Yeah, I can I can tell you're you're really excited about it. And I, I can
0: already tell that I, I think you'll be a, you'll be a great dad to him. I, I really do. Um,
1: well, thanks. I hope so, so.
0: Thanks. Uh, as well, I, I don't have any kids yet. So uh, don't don't come don't come uh, running <laughs> to me for advice. So, uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm just a guy who likes to talk into a microphone. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, as you've grown and, and lived a little bit of life, um, can you just talk to us a little bit about your uh, your masculine journey and, and how that's how that shaped you and, and how, um, you know, even uh, someone in your life who's mentored you, even uh, how how God has mentored you and, and initiated you and, and been kind of a father figure to you? Can you just uh, talk to us sure. a little bit about about your own masculine journey?
1: Yeah, I uh, right off the bat, you know, I I'm. I had a privilege that a lot of others don't have. And in that I had an awesome dad who modeled for me what it meant to be a loving husband and a patient father. And, um, I watched him navigate a lot of unpredictable times in our family and watch him stand strong through that. I, uh, I remember, you know, there are a few memories that really stand out. I remember a, a, a pretty large amount of time, several months where, um, so my dad was a pastor and not only did was he responsible for a church but there was a school um k through 12 school that he was also the administrator of and um, there was a recession that hit our city and my dad recognized that he was either going to have to find money somewhere who knows you know dig up a donor somewhere or he was going to have to lay people off and hit with a really difficult decision he said well I'm going to do all that I can. And so he chose um, not to take a salary for several months. And um, to begin with, he wasn't he wasn't making a ton. And so I remember, I didn't fully grasp all the financial strains of, of family, but I remember my dad sat us down and explained to us um, that, you know, Indefinitely, we were going to be going through this time where we were going to be counting every penny, and we were going to be very cautious about how we spent and what we did. and And the reason he was doing it was to try to protect other people and to continue to pay them. And so, um, really, it was it was an experience at an early age, but it left that indelible mark of seeing someone who was willing to sacrifice so much in order to make sure that someone else um, didn't have to um experience lack for themselves and so um i think a lot of that affected my my childhood and my perspective of what it means to be a man of um being willing to make difficult decisions that aren't self-serving even when that would be the easy route but making those decisions um with the end goal in mind of making a difference for someone else and living a life that makes an impact um, beyond just what you see in the temporary. And so I think that that model, first of all, was inspiring, but <laughs> at the same time, it was a little daunting. Um, you know, I I could share a dozen different stories that, that are just as crucial in my mind um, to my upbringing that really create this, uh, near mythical kind of legendary figure in my life at times. And I think especially early on in college and as I got married and just kind of all of those early milestones that, that I reached, um, there was always that, um, that looming father figure that I looked up to that I wanted to emulate. And so I think for me, um, some of those, kind of what I would refer to as stereotypical uh, definitions of masculinity, masculinity definitely um, started to impact and caused me to question, okay, who exactly am I, you know, am, um is this really who I'm supposed to, should I be someone who just kind of charges into every situation and takes charge? Is that what it means to be a man is, um, you know, do I need to be someone who, No matter what pain they face, they're unaffected and, you know, shed no tears, Um, face Mm -hmm. every battle with a smile type thing. Um, And and really, I think that um, as much as my dad was able to lay a great foundation and the groundwork for me, um, which this is true of everyone, you know, God has to guide us down our own path and help us to have a time of self discovery to understand who exactly we're gonna be and um and what it's going to look like as we live out really the the perspective and, and the definition of masculinity, hopefully that he um hopefully that we see clearly defined in um in how Jesus lived and, and some of those examples in scripture. And so um you know for me I think it was discovering that it was okay to admit Um, when I fell short, it was okay to, um, to have those moments where I felt overwhelmed. It was okay to ask for advice. Um, it was okay that I could follow and didn't always have to be the leader. Um, I think a lot of those things really, I'm, I'm still in the midst of of learning. And so, um, so as much as I would like to point to a bunch of things that I can say, Oh, I have definitively mastered this, um, In a lot of ways, I feel like that would be hypocritical because every day I'm still on my own journey. Uh, So I don't know if that if that necessarily answered the question as cleanly as you might have hoped, but uh, I would say that that's definitely what my journey has been like. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. No. That's 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 good stuff. I I, I'm I'm like you. I've uh, when I think about it, I count myself blessed every time I, I think about it that I had a an active and loving father in my own life and and. Uh, that'll probably be a topic for uh, another episode for another day is, is the relationship with, uh, with fathers and, and the Father in heaven. But uh, uh, last question for you, Stephen. Um, a lot of men in this day and age have become kind of frustrated and disillusioned with life and, and society in general. So Let's say uh, a young man in his, in his mid-20s, early to mid-20s, kind of came to you, came up to you after service one, one day and, and just was looking to you for guidance and looking to you for some hope. What, what advice and action steps would you give to him?
1: Yeah, I would, I would start off the conversation by, first of all, highlighting the fact that whatever you're going through right now won't last forever. Um, I think we have this ten- tendency where we often see temporary situations as permanent prisons um, where we assume that what life looks like now will be the way that it will always be. And that's just not the case. You know? um, and, and honestly, even if – and that's not to say that it's some pie in the sky like everything will turn out and will always be the best <laughs> Uh, ending that you could hope for because that's that's not the case but the truth is even when things do go bad um, especially as you live life trusting God um, he has this powerful way of taking even bad things and using them for good purposes and so um, I think first of all recognizing that whatever you're in it's not going to last forever but then also taking action steps to say Okay, if where I'm at right now has me dissatisfied, has me frustrated, um, then where do I want to be? And really, I think I can't remember what book I was reading that first brought this to my mind. But um, it's they refer to it as the 10, 10, 10 evaluation where it's saying, okay, 10 days from now, what do I want life to be? How what steps do I need to take? That 10 days from now, uh, my reality will be different than what it is now. Um, And then 10 months from now, where do I want my life to be? And what steps do I need to take to get there? Um, 10 years from now, just, you know, as you continue to morph and expand this, um, this 10 thought, uh, it really starts to broaden your perspective and starts to help you to see not only where you're at now and to see that it matters, um, but it gives some purpose for, for making sure that as you make decisions, as you um, take steps every single day, that you're actually doing it with the future in mind. Um, you know, life rarely falls into place neatly. And so since things don't always go the way that we expect, um, sometimes we can think that the, bl- the plan is blown up um, when in actuality we've just hit a detour um, so even though you can't control your circumstances, you can always choose your response. And so um, really in any and every moment, I just kind of recommend you work on being who God created you to be, even if you can't figure out exactly what maybe you feel he's called you to do. Um, and so really, that would be my advice in in short is to... Um, Work on your character, work on you personally, and then begin to expand your perspective of the future and just kind of begin to outline for yourself. OK, what where do I want to end up and what steps do I need to take um, in the now to get to that to that place in the future?
0: OK, well, that yeah, that's that's some great advice and some great stuff in there, too. I. I really do appreciate it. Stephen Headley, lead pastor at Music City Church here in Nashville, uh, is our guest on the M60 podcast. Uh, Stephen, as we head out from this uh, interview segment, do you have anything that you'd uh, you'd like to plug? Ooh, I
1: uh, I can't say that I do. I mean, selfishly, I as a pastor of a church, um, I I always you know recommend to people if you're not plugged into. Um, a community of faith if you're not plugged into a church you should definitely come and check us out uh, even if you are we make our um, sermons available online so you can actually interact with our community uh, through the app so even if you're already part of a community um, really I'd, I'd love to be able to speak into your life and hopefully um, give some positive words of, of what God is speaking to our body as well um, so other than that, I, I can't really uh, can't really think of anything. But yeah, um, if you're in the Nashville area, we'd love to have you check out Music City Church.
0: OK, great. Yeah, that's uh, that's Music City Church. Uh, we meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at Oliver Middle School on Nolansville Road. You can also find the church's website at musiccitychurch.com and listen to uh, some more great content from Stephen in the form of sermons. And uh, you can download the Music City Church app and interact with us that way. So, as he said, if you're not in, uh, if you're not plugged into a church uh, home here in the Nashville area, come check us out. Uh,
1: thanks again, Stephen, for doing this. I, I really do appreciate it. Absolutely, John. Thanks for having me.
0: So as I said in the opener last week in the Nashville area and in Middle Tennessee, an EF3 tornado touched down in northeast Nashville and left a huge swath of damage and devastation in its path. I just want to reiterate that if you were considering donating to the creation of this show, I would just ask that you would hold off for 30 to 45 days and use that money that you would use to donate to the show to donate to tornado relief efforts here in middle tennessee you can go to hands on nashville at hon.org you can go to the red cross website you can also go to the nashville predators website and donate through their foundation and you can also donate to convoy of hope Links to all of those foundations and relief efforts will be in the show notes and the description. I just want to say thank you to Stephen Headley for being my guest this week. And I just want to encourage any man out there, if you are looking for a community of men, please pursue that diligently. Please don't try and go with the masculine journey alone. Really work hard to find those masculine connections that you need in your life. That's all for this week's episode of the M60 Podcast. I will talk to you next time.